The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world hosted, co-hosted by Wales's leading scorer in World Cup history. My name is Jake Mintz, also known as Gareth Bale. I am joined by Jordan Schusterman and the one and only Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals, but more importantly, of the Italian national baseball team. Jordan, Vinny, hello, guys. You it's literally a- just scored a goal, and now you're recording a podcast with me. This is unbelievable. You just made a PK. You drew with the United States, and this is where you're at now. What a flex. Now, Jake, you've gotten a lot of uh, you know doppelgangers here and there. I don't know. Gareth Bale's maybe a first one, and I, I don't totally disagree, although, again, it was just very hair hair motivated. But, Vinny, yeah, you, you think Jake looks like Gareth? I mean, you put it out on Twitter. You must stand by it, right? Yeah, just two good-looking guys. Uh, that's pretty much it. Just two good-looking guys. I just figured it'd be a good comp. <laughs> so, Vinny, we wanted to uh, invite you uh, on the pod as as one of our first special guests of the offseason because we uh, first met you uh, earlier this summer in Omaha, Nebraska, where we were there and had the opportunity to broadcast a couple AAA baseball games. We were in town for the College World Series, and we we swung on by and we saw we saw you play some baseball. And at that point, I was like, "Oh, here's this guy, Vinny Pasquantino. He's got a great name. He's got a, it seems like a, a funny, funny, cool dude, and it looks like he's got some good, you know, strikeout to walk ratios. Looks like he's pretty good." Hitter. That's what I always say when I'm meeting <laughs> someone new. Good, good you personality. Look up there, walk the strikeout ratio. <laughs> yeah, good personality and good uh, walk to strikeout ratios. And then we, we chatted you up. We were talking. It's like, well, I like this Vinny guy. It'd be cool if he, you know, goes and, and plays pretty well in the big leagues. You, you did that. It seemed like you did okay this year. Is, is that fair to say? I had a good time. Uh, that's about it. And then. <laughs> it's about it. When, when anybody asked me about my year, I pretty much started that weekend when you guys came to Omaha. Because that's, you know, that's when my year really started. Well, let's talk about that weekend. Because there was a clamoring for Vinny Pasquantino. Royals fans in particular were banging their fists on the table, urging the organization to call you up. Now, for a guy like you, that must have been a very bizarre experience to go from like a guy waking up every day and just trying to like climb the system to random people in, you know, suburban Kansas City looking through your Twitter likes. So I'm curious for you over that three month span, like, what was it like to kind of deal with that? Not to say that you were going from nobody to somebody, but there was like a 
three-week period where you were the number one story of the Kansas City Royals when you were not even in Kansas City? Uh, yeah, it was definitely weird. It was something that I wouldn't have been used to. But, I mean, I got drafted in the 11th round. So I was a guy, but I wasn't a guy. I mean, you guys know what I'm saying by that. Like, I was yeah. there, but that was about it. It was just, hey, we we always joke about it in the minor leagues. It's like, Teams are created for about five to ten people, and the rest of the guys are just there to allow those guys to play baseball. And I was one of those guys when I first got drafted that was there to allow other people to play professional baseball. And I was able to, uh, you know, I was able to hit and just keep progressing. And you know, people started to kind of know who I was last year in Double A. And then as I got to Triple A this year, it became more real that I might be able to make my major league debut. And yeah, it was really weird when people started, there was like a Twitter account that got created. That was like, did Vinny Pasquantino get called up today? Uh, that was really awkward, really, to be <laughs> honest, because I would get tagged in things and I would wake up and be like, Nope, not today. <laughs> right, right. I could tell you that it's not today. <laughs> you should DM the account, DM the account every day. Yeah. It's, Still it no. didn't happen. Um, but yeah, it was definitely interesting, but I was and. Like, if we're going to be completely honest, it was a little bit stressful at times thinking, okay, I'm just kind of trying to do my thing. I'm trying not to worry about it, but how are you not going to worry about something that you potentially could be hours, days, what weeks mm -hmm. away from something you've worked your entire life for? So, mm -hmm. and you don't really have any control other, over it other than like to go keep playing and trying to play well. And like when you got drafted, it wasn't like when Bryce Harper got drafted, it was like, oh, I'm going to go play in the big leagues. And like for you, it wasn't as you know, obvious or, or as like uh, imminent an experience. Right. And so when you get drafted, I'm sure that's not that you were like worried about it. Right. Yeah, it was one thing like kind of the way I say it is it wasn't a reality until it was a reality. Yeah. Like, it was always a dream, but it wasn't real until I was told because it was always one of those things that I would put the chip on my shoulder and be like, Hey, I wasn't supposed to, I'm not supposed to be in the major leagues. I'm, I'm, Typically, like, you know, I'm not the most athletic guy. I'm not exactly fast. I'm not the slowest guy in the league, though, as my baseball savant page would let you know that <laughs> I'm in the double digits of percentile, not even in the in the single digits. So I don't want to brag, but it's no just brag. Light, it's a light blue, not a dark blue on my savant page. I love this. I, first of all, what you know, you got to love someone referencing his own savant page, particularly well, in this context. <laughs> do you want to talk about the savant page right now? Vinny, Please, let's yeah, talk about this right this now. This is good. This is good. Are, you, where, are you talking about how I have the worst arm in the major leagues? That that one is dark blue. I remember the day that that came out because my locker mate at the time was Nate Eaton, who has the best arm in the big leagues. We're both from the same city. We played against each other in high school. He dominated me in high school. And then we get to the big leagues together. And he's still finding ways to dominate me. It's just unbelievable. The guy lives in my head. So I got a text from you. I want to say I was at the World Series or yeah, I was at one of the playoff games, like in the press box at the stadium. And I got a text from Vinny that was basically like, why isn't my baseball savant? Like, why are my stats not there? Why can I only see max exit velocity, sprint speed and arm strength? And I was like, well, you know, you don't have enough opportunities or like plate appearances per team game or whatever. And so as a favorite of Vinny, I made his percentile rankings. Like I went and photoshopped it for him so that he could have his own percentile rankings. And Jordan, when you take a look at it, it is very much the 
I owe you an apology. I wasn't really familiar with your game meme because Vinny was pretty, pretty nails this year in the bigs. I was going to say, then I want to fast forward here because, you know, early in the year, I'm hitting well in AAA and there's Royals fans that are tweeting about it and saying like, oh, yeah, that's that's a lot of red on your your fake baseball savant page. But but so then it's like you're now you're doing it in the big leagues and now people outside of Kansas City are noticing. And now people are, you know, responding to your tweets like, oh, here's this guy. This is Vinny Pasquantino. He's just, this, he's hitting really well for the Kansas City Royals. Now, now you get people, you have an army of people responding to your tweets about the Jets every weekend, right? I mean, like this is now, this has become, you've, you've already built this community. I, I would also say you mentioned Nate Eaton. It seems like the Royals, the young Royals in particular, do like to have a good time kind of getting on each other particularly on Twitter. <laughs> so that is something that we certainly appreciate as observers of, of the baseball world, the baseball media. Is that is that accurate? It seems like the the young world seem to have a good time making fun of each other. Yeah, it's, that's definitely accurate. And it's kind of like we're taking a little bit of the clubhouse and bringing it a tad bit public with the Twitter stuff, which I mm-hmm. think is kind of a cool sort of behind the scenes thing that people can see. Mm-hmm. But uh, to be honest, it won't be funny in about a year or two if we suck. So it'll still be funny if we're good. So, I mean, like, that's just that's just how it goes is we were kind of the new flavor in town, being a super young mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. being a team that wasn't expected to win. Mm-hmm. At some point, that is going to wear off. Mm-hmm. Right. And they need to actually be productive baseball players. That's a super interesting dynamic because it is very understandable for when all of you young dudes came up that there is this sense of joy and appreciation for the experience without worrying about the W's and the L's every day. Because by the time you all got there, like, obviously you want to win every day. I get it. But the season had kind of passed, right? The ship had left the station. You guys were not winning the division or making the playoffs. And so it is understandable that every day you show up and you try and enjoy yourself at the yard. Was there any tension between that energy and like the the play, maybe not like the people who'd been there for a long time, but like you guys not wanting to come in there and like butt heads with the expected kind of professionalism of a baseball clubhouse. I would say that more happened in the spring. Um, Interesting. So, so by the time that everybody got there, people knew other people's personalities um, because there was a few times that we would have conversations with older guys in the spring because it's it's a weird dynamic because we had so many young guys get like called up around the same time. So typically, like when one guy gets called up, it's him, fifteen veterans, a few guys who haven't hit heart arb yet or whatever, and you know you're you're kind of alone. Like you you hear from guys a lot when they get called up, they don't have any friends on the team because they're still trying to get to know guys. Because it, it once you go from the minor leagues to the major leagues, it takes a different it's a different level of professionalism in a way because more guys have kids, more guys have wives, you're making more money. So you want to continue to make that money. So you want to stay there. So you're taking it a little bit more seriously. And then like with our team, so many young guys got called up at once trying to figure it out that it was kind of just a different, different vibe. Um, But like what we always would talk about is people, you know, we would always get the excuse of, well, you're a really young team. Everybody's trying to learn how to play at the major league level. And my thing is that Cleveland was younger than us by average age of or median age, whatever you want to say. And they won the division. So they're really, you know, the goal going into next year is to try to make the playoffs any way possible. It isn't 
hey, we, we want to experience the big leagues and get better and move on. It's no, we want we want to do those things, but also collect some wins at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think it's very obvious from that answer that you are extremely team centric and team focused and, and committed. It's like, yeah, why, why do we have to wait? You know, we always talk about as for us as media members, it's easy to be like, oh, they're rebuilding. Oh, they're X years away. It's like every baseball player is going there thinking like, I would like to win not only today, but this season. Right. That's why that's the beauty of spring training is that basically every team is going there saying, yeah, why, why the hell not? Right. Let's do it. And it seems like for you, as you're saying, a lot of you guys at the same time, at the same point in your careers, whether you're rookies, second year, whatever, to do that together feels like a really it's, a, it's yeah. in that way, it's it's exciting to, to be on the Royals, even if there is a lot to learn. <laughs> and what's interesting, like, you know, we're really close with Reese Hoskins, who you are similar to in some ways, right, where you're kind of late round first baseman who out of college who people kind of overlooked. But the difference is when Reese came up, he was kind of alone. Like he came up and didn't feel at home and like didn't like the vibe. And it was just him and Eflin and Nola. And like it took a long time for the roster to turn over enough where he was around people that he felt like they could win with. You know, like it took him five years, not just to build a good team there, but to like act like a joy going to work every day, which is a big part of it. And it seems like you... Even by the end of this year, you got to look around and be like, oh, I, uh, Bobby Wood is like my friend and like Michael Massey is like my friend. Right. And you already have a li- you gave us a little hand sign there for Michael Massey. Yeah, we let's be let's he's your friend of me. Too much credit. Yeah, no, I mean, he's one of my best friends, but you know how that goes. That means yeah. I also hate him. So yeah. hate, got to hate your friends. Got to uh, hate your friends. I do want to give you the opportunity because I have some questions about your season in particular, like statistically and just like your adjustment to the big leagues. But let's let's give you some time here to, to get some some praise of your friends out of the way, because there are some very talented players on yeah. the Royals. And it's not. Look, we know about Bobby Witt. I mean, feel free to tell us some. Uh, I'm not going to even talk about Bobby because he's <laughs> okay. let's, Bob, uh, let's do this. Let's do this. I'm going to. Yeah, Bobby's great. He's great. Yeah. I got <laughs> he's nothing, great. I got nothing bad to say about him, but everybody knows he's great. So I'll put yes. some shine onto some other guys that you might right. not know are great. Here's Go what we're going to do. Yeah. I'm going to give you a teammate. You're going to say something nice about him, and then you're going to say something mean about him. Okay? You ready to go? Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll start with Nicky Lopez. Nicky Lopez, life of the party. Yeah. Uh, makes everything makes everything better. Uh, that was okay. a pro. A con is that he doesn't put enough cream in the espressos that he makes. All right. All right. Uh, okay, great. Uh, wonderful. Uh, Michael Massey. Michael Massey, he's one of my best friends. We came up through the system together. He chose not to be my roommate rookie ball year. We won't get into that. So those are all the pros. Um, he's great. He's good. Oh, sorry. The pros, he's good looking. He's chiseled. He's, he's got everything going for him. Con, he's a jerk. Mm. So that's what I got about him. All right. Uh, Nick Prado. Oh, yeah. There's a good one. Nick Prado, one of the smartest human beings I've ever met in my life, especially when it comes to hitting. And he's just an unbelievably smooth first baseman who seemingly makes every single play. Khan, he looks like the kid from Stranger Things, and people make fun of him for that. Yes, he does. does. I can't believe no one else has mentioned that already more than they already have. Uh, Let's go with, you actually just mentioned before, but give me some more on Nate Eaton, because we were very impressed with him in Omaha. Nate Eaton has everything a man could ever want. Um, uh, what's the same? Uh, women want to be with him. Men want to be him. That's literally yeah. Nate Eaton. I mean, okay. great hair, great smile, good personality. 
and a better arm than you. Uh, better, better arm than me can do a lot of push-ups at a time because he went to a military school. Um, I mean, he's just got everything. He's one of the fastest guys in the league, one of the best arms in the league. I mean, what doesn't he have? Uh, but Khan is one time I called him show. I said that he was acting show and he didn't talk to me for about two weeks. Mm. Wait, did you call him show in the show or in AAA? Yeah, no, in the show. Um, (laughs) Nikki Lopez and I both called him show and he just didn't talk to us for a while, which made him act more show because, you know. Baseball is beautiful because you get like doofus Vinny Pasquantino and like hardo military guy Nate Eaton just kicking back. You know what I mean? What would you have done? Could you have gone to a military school, Vinny, do you think? You think I can make my bed? <laughs> yeah. Forget forget all the training. You'd be failing from the first second you wake up. Uh, one one more. Give me uh, MJ Melendez. MJ Melendez. Wow. You never know what time he's going to show up. Um, I guess that's a con. That's not really. <laughs> that's a con, dude. <laughs> so I'll start with cons for MJ. Yeah. In pros, he's one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'm just thinking of some of the things that he's said before, and I'm just dying laughing in my head right now. MJ, we spent some time with MJ in the Bahamas uh, at the Derby last year. And MJ is the type of guy who is funny, but doesn't always know it. Like, he doesn't know why he's funny. Like, he'll say something. Like, he also feels like the type of guy who has, has like, never had cottage cheese, or there are certain words he maybe doesn't know. And that's he funny. Up with like the funniest thing. Like he he just started saying, "What's that gonna do this year?" And he would just say, "Like you would say anything," and he would respond and be like, "What's that gonna do?" And then the whole team started saying it as a joke to him, like making fun of him. But instead of like <laughs> stop saying it, he would say it more. Like that's what's funny about it. He quadrupled down. Yeah, he was just like, "Oh, you guys are gonna make fun of me? I'm gonna say it more." And then it became a team saying. It could like he he hit a home run uh, against the White Sox this year. And he did this running to first base. And he was like, my house or I don't know. But we <laughs> made so much fun of him about it. And I think he went homerless for like two weeks. And every day he'd come in and be like, it's because I did this. Like, it's because I did this. Now I can't hit a home run. So it was like two weeks later. He's like, ever since I did this move, I'm slumping. It, it, he's mm-hmm. like, I did it to myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, MJ is, is – and again, I know you're you're commenting, which we appreciate because this is the insight you can't get by looking at their baseball reference pages. But, I mean, these are these are also some quality ball players, right? I mean, this is where we got – we're all, all over the diamond. We haven't even mentioned the pitching. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys, Melendez especially, was showing some serious power. We know about uh, Bobby Witt. We know about Nate Eaton. But I, I want to talk about your season. we got to talk about you a little bit here because – nor listen, we've seen a lot of uh big first base sluggers in AAA putting up big numbers in AAA. It's like here they come, and then it's like, uh oh, uh oh, they're baseball. playing in Korea. Yeah, it's like, oh, never mind, you're in Korea now. Uh, Major League Baseball is wait, hard. Did, sorry, did you have anybody yeah. tell you in the minor leagues that you should go play overseas? I've had multiple people tell me that my ceiling was a 4A player who would mm-hmm. likely end up playing overseas. That has been told to me. Multiple times. Yeah, and okay. those people are living on the chip on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. so to that point, right? Uh, but you don't, you don't know. Listen, you believe in yourself. We believe in you. But you don't know it until you see it. Well, you saw it for almost 300 play appearances, and you were pretty damn good. The thing that is most impressive, just from a statistical number, you think, oh, first base slugger. But I mentioned that, that strikeout-to-walk ratio. It seems that that is something you've had since you got into pro ball is pitch recognition, plate discipline, some combination of that. That can get you a long way when you combine it with hitting the ball hard, which you are also quite good at. 
What was the adjustment, though? Because there had to be some difference once you got to the big league. Because when we saw you in AAA, it was like, all right, you're doing really well. Oh, what are you working on here, here? We haven't talked to you extensively since then. Was there one thing in the big leagues where you're like, oh, shit, that is actually different than it was uh, in AAA, and I have to work on that? Well, I think the biggest thing is in the big leagues, they're going to paper cut you to death. Um, you're going to know what teams and, and I'm speaking obviously from 300 plate appearances. So hopefully I have plenty more to go and I'll yep. have plenty more to learn, um, and be able to get back to you and, in, in five. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll check back in for sure. Um, but one thing I was always working with our hitting coaches was they're going to tell you what they see. They're going to try to paper cut you to death. They want you to roll over on the pitch. That's close to the strike zone, close to a ball. Like the, their job is to get you out. That is the pitcher's job. It is not like obviously strikeouts are great and not walking people is great. But at the end of the day, especially when you're facing a starter, right? They're they're trying to get you out and not throw that many pitches because that's the name of the game for starters is to stay in the ball game. And analytical heads will obviously tell you strike more people out. It's okay if you walk more as long as you strike people out. And while that is true, I don't think people are getting on the mound thinking, okay, it's okay that I walk that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what and whether it's true or not, like, that's fine. That's just kind of how it goes. So my biggest thing early was, okay, I need to make sure I'm swinging at pitches that I can actually do something with because mm-hmm. I can hit, you know, if it's a little off the plate, I can hit it, but how well can I actually hit that ball? Mm-hmm. So it was more determining, okay, sometimes I need to actually take some strikes that I can't do really anything with to try to earn myself another pitch that I can do something with, as opposed to, Oh, there's a rollover just because I could hit it. I swung at it. So that was kind of the biggest thing for me is honing in on really what I wanted to do with my approach on specific pitchers and seeing how they pitched me. Um, I think there was a few different ways that I got pitched this year, and I just tried to learn from that and take it into my next at bat um, and grow. Um, one of my favorite things about baseball players is their memory when it comes to specific at bats. There was that video a while ago. I think it was of Sean McVay, who is a football coach, where he could like name every play that he'd ever called or something absurd. Now, we're not going to do that to you, but I am curious about a couple different memories that you have. Who was your first home run off of, Mr. Vinny Pascal? Uh, it was Michael Pineda. I believe it was the fourth inning on a, I think it was the first pitch of the at bat, uh, because then it happened again. Uh, my second home run was also Michael Pineda in the fourth inning. Same exact pitch, pretty much same exact everything. <laughs> it's almost like uh, you don't have to say anything about this, Vinny. Jordan. It's almost like if you o- people only face face Michael Pineda the third time through the lineup. <laughs> Seems like Big Mike didn't make an adjustment. Uh, uh, I got nothing like to say on that because he's been pitching for a long time. <laughs> I understand true. that. I hey, I absolved you from Big Mike. That's hatred, true. okay? That's not, that is funny. That's y'all's job, not mine. mine that's what I'm saying. I'm, that's, all, that's all I'm saying. Okay, so that one's great. Uh, next thing I want to ask you about. The following week, you faced Justin Verlander on July 7th. What do you remember about that? I'm curious. Well, I remember my first bat. I didn't swing the bat once. Um, punch. The next bat flew out to center, and then uh, I decided to swing and swung at a slider down and in that wasn't even close and uh, punched again. Um, 0 for 3, 2 punch, and a fly out the center is what I've got off of uh, Correct. Mr. Verlander. So here's the thing that I am very interested in to ask you about. Hitters always talk about the gaps and the jumps in quality, like when you go up, right, a level. But what never really gets discussed is that within the big leagues, there's 
almost like another two levels of like minor league jumpage between various types of pitchers where the difference between, you know, a quad a guy or a middle reliever versus a three starter versus Justin Verlander is like the same as the difference between like low a and double a. And so I'm curious for you, was Verlander the first guy you faced where you were like, this is a different thing. Like pitching his type of pitching is different than Michael Pineda, whatever he's doing, right? <laughs> I'll answer this. I'll answer what you asked, yeah. not who you brought up in that example. Uh, Someone of that ilk. Justin Verlander. Dude, Justin Verlander is literally Justin Verlander. It's not a hate on fine. Michael Pineda if you're you like up any other better. name. They're not Justin Verlander. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he own, owns me. So, what? like, he... Yes, there is a difference between those Hall of, first ballot Hall of Fame pitchers and very good major league pitchers, right? Everyone else and everyone else. It's just there's very good, and then there's these elite performers that are able to, you know, just do things differently than everybody else, and it it's just crazy. Like there's some there's some guys, obviously I'm not going to name names that like don't have great stuff, but are just unbelievable. And then there's guys who do have great stuff and aren't as good and it doesn't make any sense. And that's why we play the games. Uh, <laughs> like, and that sounds so old school. And so like, I'm old, but like, that's just the truth of it. Like you could have really good stuff and not know what to do with it. And maybe that's a reason why you're not a hall of famer or you have bad stuff, but you know what you're doing with it. And you're a hall of famer. Like, it's just crazy how the game works where you can't strip it down. Like if you look at his profile, there's probably other people that have similar profiles to Justin Verlander and aren't Justin Verlander. So right. yeah. something he does is better than what other people do. And <laughs> you can't really even explain it. I don't even know if he could explain it. He's just really, really good. I would be fascinated, Jordan, to go back and look at hitters in the first two weeks of their careers facing Justin Verlander. Mm-hmm. Well, well, right. And pitchers like him. Where how, about, it's- how about hitters that went to the same school as him and heard about him and are from the same area of Virginia and have heard about him their entire life? And then all of a sudden you're facing him uh, and you have people from back home letting you know that you're facing him a week before you are. And then you have a reporter ask you about him before the game. Yeah. In theory, this in whole thing. Theory, is just in theory, theory, if that happened, just put yourself in those yeah. shoes when you're. Yeah. Damn. I, he didn't come back to fall ball practice and pitch to you guys at all. No, he did not come back to pitch to us. That is, uh, that is for sure. He had. Okay. He's usually busy in the fall. By the time we were done in the <laughs> fall, he was still pitching. <laughs> his season went. His season went longer than your season. Uh, last one for you. Uh, you have one stolen base. Yeah, I do. What happened? Uh, speed happened. That's what happened. Um, actually, so it was off of the Guardians, the last series of the year. Cody Morris, I believe that's his name. Yep. Correct. He's pitching. Bo Naylor, who is going to be a very Dude. good catcher in the major leagues, and he has an absolute cannon. One day, I'm going to be able to say, I have a base off of Bo Naylor, and that's going to mean something. So that's really, really good for me um, because Cody Morris is also going to pitch in the big leagues for a long time. Did you get a good jump? Oh, I mean, <laughs> if I didn't get a good jump, there would be no shot that I was going to be safe <laughs> second. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you stop paying attention to me, I'm going to swipe one, and that base is in Cooperstown. That is, damn right it is. No, it's uh, true. That base is in Cooperstown. Why? Yeah. Well, no offense, but why? <laughs> uh, 
because Bobby went 30-20, uh, two batters before I stole second, and he was the fifth rookie of all time to go 30 stolen bases, 20 homers. So mm-hmm. that base is in Cooperstown, but it is more known for it being your my base. first stolen base. It's your base. Let's be let's be honest. Bobby will have all kinds of stuff. Right. He's got yeah. plenty to look forward to. <laughs> let you especially especially in the stolen base category, right? So so let let's let you have let's let you have this. I think that's fair. That is amazing, right? That's a great little fun fact. The first base Vinny Pasquantino ever stole is in the Hall of Fame. You can go see it. You, you, I don't know if you have to pay to get into Cooperstown or not, but you pay <laughs> the price of admission and you can see a base that I stole. Damn. You did it. You did it. Uh, Vinny, we have to ask you about your upcoming uh, plans, not just for this offseason, but for the World Baseball Classic. We understand you just took a trip to Italy. What, is that relevant to somebody named Vinny Pasquantino? Uh, tell me tell me more about that, and then we can talk about WBC. Yeah, I went back to the homeland last mm-hmm. week and was able to uh, visit in a few different cities in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to shout out Gianmarco Ferroni. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he was the one that set it all up. He's been one of the guys recruiting players to play for Team Italy, and he mm-hmm. he's the man. He, he He's doing everything, and it's uh, it's going to be a really special event. Uh, they We were told that we have we're like the second to last ranked team in the tournament and we are not even supposed to sniff the second round so we're going to try to give that a shot and maybe win a few ball games that would be amazing so i want to before we get to wbc i'm curious about your trip to italy because i assume this was your first was this your first time there oh yeah first time first time wow. there so did you have any situations where i mean they could probably read your american but you, you know, you drop the Pasquantino on them. I assume that at least gives you some amount of street credit. Yeah, did people? Did people? Yeah, did people come up to you and speak Italian? Yes. So when I checked into a hotel, they asked for my ID or my passport, and I gave it to him, and he started speaking to me in Italian because my name is uh, Vincent Pasquantino. So, and the way that they say Pasquantino over there is so much better than how I can say it or anybody in the United States. Give it, give it a go. No, I won't. I won't do it. Okay. I don't want to disrespect my family name by even attempting that. So. It's just better. And yeah, they would, we, when he found out I was American, but found out that was my name, he was really happy that I visited home to see kind of every, everywhere. So the cool thing about Italy is they seem to be happy with tourists and people visiting, visiting their country. I can't say the same for London. They didn't seem as happy. To see you? You weren't, you weren't welcomed with open arms in the land of the, of the queen? I don't know if I disrespected them in any way, but it just, you know, it just wasn't the same. Wow. So, so part of uh, this, this, these, these plans to play for Team Italy, this is not just, you know, Team USA is going to be playing, I believe, um, in Florida. And we've got uh, the Dominican, or maybe they're going to be in Arizona. And, you know, got the Dominican team in Florida. Team Italy is heading out to Taiwan uh, for that round. So we got in, in Pool A, we got, we got Chinese Taipei, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama is that group. And the top two advance to the, the next round, which I believe takes place here. Our group of death? In, in, group uh, of death? It's pretty much a group of death. That's happening in Taiwan. And then round two would be in Tokyo. In Tokyo, right. And then if you get past that, then you would end up playing here. So you're going to be doing some more globetrotting. Uh, who are some of the other players on Team Italy? And I mean, how freaking hype are you to be? I mean, this is <laughs> this is going to be a hell of a thing. International baseball is so cool. And also, by the way, Italy, in, I just want to say Italy in the World Baseball Classic. Not in the World Cup, so you have a lot, a lot of, a lot of pressure on you guys. Yeah, they're not in the World Cup, which is really disappointing to the entire country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very disappointed about it, especially because they won the Euro Cup last year. So it's really disappointing that you can be the best team in Europe and then not make 
the World Cup the following year. But yeah, you know, they'll be back in four years um, to uh, try to reclaim them. I'm sure people then were just so happy to see you be like, <laughs> well, you know, I guess we're not in the World Cup, but like we are in the World Cup of baseball. Uh, okay, so I'm going to answer who's on the team, but I want to get into a quick side note real quick. Uh, my fiance Ryan and I, we went to dinner at this place called Il uh, Restaurant, Il Profeta, something like that. Hey, congrats on the marriage, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, we're working through kind of where we're going to get married now. Um, but I, dude, Italy's nice. You, you think about Italy? Italy is nice. Destination wedding. But we go into this restaurant. This guy is talking to us. He's asking why we're there, if we're on holiday or whatever. And I kept telling people no to holiday. And then I found out holiday is just vacation. Yeah. So I kept saying, no, we're on vacation. And then it, they would always look at me like, oh, painfully American. <laughs> but so we're talking to this guy and I ask him, I'm just saying, do you know baseball? Like, do you know it at all? Because let me tell you, they could not really like most people in Italy could not care less. If you don't play football european or worldwide football there you're not cool like not at all that's the sport no shot um so we're talking to the guy and i said do you know what the world baseball classic is and he was like oh italy we suck (laughs) like he's literally telling me to my face he's like oh we have no chance in baseball no chance um so i'm like yeah i'm actually on the team But but then he was like, but you're American. I was like, yeah, but my family's from here. And he was like, oh, wow, like, that's cool. And then he just walked away. So, I mean, wow. Like, the coolest part about being in Italy is that, and it's not like, in no way, I, I live in Nashville. I never get recognized. Nobody will ever know who I am in Nashville. Like, I won't walk into somewhere and they're like, oh, my God, do you play for the Royals? Because, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't, like, whatever. Yeah. But in Italy, if you say you're in the major <laughs> leagues, they, I mean, they're just like, okay. <laughs> like, I am a ba- I am a professional baseball player. We were talking about it uh, when we were in Italy, just thinking, you know, in America, like baseball is a pretty big deal. You know, it's cool to like play in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Italy and you just realize how little you matter, mm-hmm. which is cool. It's always, it's always good getting that humbling experience. Be like, yeah, I play in the major leagues. Oh, what's that? <laughs> oh, no, it's like the highest level of baseball that we have in the united states oh okay but like do you play footy you know like <laughs> like thankfully no you're done i remember some photo like mike trout went on vacation and it was just like a photo of mike trout i think it was trout it might have been someone else in europe like in just downtown city europe just <laughs> smiling <Europe>. right he's <laughs> just in downtown europe and everyone's walking every which way <laughs> And it's like, this is the best baseball player in the world. <laughs> and my dude is just parked in front of like, you know, the Tower of London yeah. taking photos. No one's bothering him. Well, you go to Taiwan, you make some noise, you come back to that same restaurant or wherever you were. You say, hey, who sucks now? I, I got to the second round. <laughs> I, I, we're we're going to get all the way. I mean, this is this is, this is an easy. Okay, easy so here's yeah. something great, too. So. Mm-hmm. The way that the World Baseball Classic used to work is that Majestic would provide uniforms. Mm-hmm. That is not the case anymore. Each oh. allowed to sort out where their uniforms are coming. Dude, from. that's a huge plus. Yeah. So ours is called Araya, I believe. And they have never made baseball stuff before. So they're a soccer. So who knows what you're going to end up wearing. So they, they had people come and we tried mm-hmm. on things. 
in our sweatshirts, I'm wearing a 5X. <laughs> oh, my God. That's... Let me tell you, you want to feel fat? How, you just trying to tell somebody that you're wearing a 5X. Like, I don't even think, is there a word for that? It's like double X, triple X, quadruple X. What is five? V. It's a V, bro. It's, well, also, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's appropriate. But yeah, European sizing is a little different. Yeah. So the pants that we're going to be wearing are going to look awesome. Um, and so here's a fun fact about Italy. If you look up the flag of Italy and you were to determine what color the uniforms are for Italy based off the flag, you'd probably think that they're green or red or white. Nah, they're blue. They're the Azzurri, baby. They're blue. They're the Azzurri. Do you guys know why they're blue? Because uh, the soccer team wears blue. Well, this, do you know why the soccer team wears blue? Tell me. Educate us, Mr. Italian. And I don't know the specific family, but it's because the last family like in power in Italy, their color was blue. So mm. everybody wears blue over there because of this last family. So I'm not sure where the red and the green come in, but I'm going to be working with uh, Under Armour to hopefully get some flag cleats maybe, mm. um, even though they won't match the uniform at all because we wear blue. <laughs> hey, uh, who, who are some of the other players we can be expecting uh, lining up uh, for, for, the, for the, the Italians uh, in, in Taiwan? People that have been named because, mm-hmm. like, you, I don't know right, how. You're not going to reveal anything else. That's yeah. fine. So, Nicky Lopez is playing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, Nicky Lopez will be playing for the Italian, <laughs> Italian baseball team. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Romano. Mm-hmm. He was not in Italy, but they have said that he is playing. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Trey Mancini. He was mm-hmm. not in Italy, but they said he's playing, and he was busy winning a world championship. Oh, Trey's going to play. Wow. That's what they're saying. Um, Love it. Love it. So uh, two guys from your Seattle Mariners, Jordan. Uh, Sam, Sam Haggerty. Yes. Oh, and Festa. And Festa. Yeah, uh, of course. Long Island himself from <laughs> Festa. Oh, that's great. From the San Diego Padres, Brett Sullivan. Ooh, oh, please, nice. Sullivan. We need a catch. We need catchers. All every every international team needs catchers. So that is huge. We love that. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of who's been named that I can name. I think I saw right, David Fletcher. Uh, was Fletcher the and his little brother, a uh, little Dominic. Brother, Dominic. Dominic. They are both. They were both in Italy. Uh, nice. David, I, I don't know all too well, but we got to know each other that week. He wore the exact same sweatshirt for seven straight days. Um, <laughs> Wait, this is Fletch, Big Fletch or Little Fletch? This is Big Fletch, who's been well, the Little for, Fletch for is, four or five years, right? And has a, he's you know a certified big leaguer with that contract that he's got. Yeah, and he's I think an he brought, I think he brought one outfit. I'm not a hundred. <laughs> he's like a car, he's like a cartoon character. He just he's like Arthur. He's, he's like a me. <laughs> he's like a me. He is one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Um, <laughs> I did um, I didn't expect that. Like watching him play on TV, he looks like a quiet guy, you know. Hmm. But I mean. That guy can talk, and when he talks, he's very, very funny. So I was very happy to meet him because he was a good time to be around. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. Time out. Piazza's managing the team? Mike Piazza is managing the team. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Do well, you know if Sal Fasano will be involved? I do not think Sal Fasano will be oh. Oh, oh, you know who is involved? Apparently who is involved is Jeff Passantino, which is going to be an interesting one for me. Because our names are so similar. Obviously, they're not the same. But my entire life, literally my entire life, people have always said, there's a guy named Jeff Passantino. Hopefully, one day, you'll be able to face him as Vinny Pasquantino. 
So maybe well, we, I don't know if that's I don't know. Well, the, also, the, you see this gold chain? How Italian is this, dude? You're I'm locked in. I mean, you are so ready. Just get this man to Taiwan wait. as soon as possible. I mean, is this the over. Italian Jeff Passan? Jeffrey yes, Passantino? Yes. Je- Jeff Passan has written about Jeff Passantino. This is this is a thing. So, no, you're. I mean, wow. I, and by the way, I'm glad you named him because you know what he is? Pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I, is jordan romano gonna start <laughs> no 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 but if we get to the ninth inning with a lead game's over that's true that is true do not do not wait for that okay we need jordan romano to pitch he's no gotta face what. the top of the lineup yeah we have him be the opener we're new school analytics whenever the high leverage situation in the game is with the best players coming up romano's coming in because you know what they say, the ninth inning, it's not necessarily the hardest out. Thank you. Dude, Vinny is, I mean, he's been citing his own sprint speed. I mean, he's been dropping. What, what's not to love? Yeah. Uh, other people who are eligible for this team. Sam Gaviglio. Oh, another former Mariner. Yep. Sam Gaviglio. Uh, Drew Butera. Francisco How Cervelli. Do you know these people are Italian. Are you just saying because of their last name? <laughs> No, this is the roster from 2017, dude. From the old roster. So we have, we have proof that they have played with the Italian before. Descalso. I mean, this is the old. Brandon Nimmo was on this team. Probably going to be tough to get him no, uh, considering he's about to get the bank and a half. But, that's a shame. You know, that's a missed opportunity. But hey. A world away in Wyoming to, to yeah, run. Yeah, I was going to say. Not, not quite as many uh, connections there. Uh, Vinny, we are so excited to watch you play in not just Wait, are you ending this interview? Well, no. Well, oh, okay. Well, well, hold on. I, 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 I'm, You'll know. You'll it's know. Transition. It's called transition, Mister Mister Pas Mister Passantino. All right. All right. Let's let's relax here. Okay. Let's, let's Jeez, not act like. Christ. I'm glad Jake started smiling at the beginning of the interview. He was just kind of like right there. And I wasn't yeah. sure if what I was saying was good or not. Like, typically, no, I try to go you, off reactions of the room, but I'm glad you've opened up a little bit, Jake. Thanks. You know me. I'm so closed off. <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say. Okay, here, Vinny. Here, ready? Here's, here's the other thing we have to ask you about. You and Jake share something in common. Lifelong Jets fans. Now, I don't care about football at all, but I will say that your Jets tweets are extremely relatable from the standpoint of like, Oh wow, this could be really anybody just tweeting about the Jets. <laughs> but it's Vinny. It's Vinny. Do you do have you found that you've leveraged because in another world, in another timeline, you are just another guy, unverified Vinny from wherever tweeting about the Jets and and no one is responding to your tweets and nobody gives a shit. You're just tweeting complaints about the refs and tweeting about how you wish your kicker was better and doing XYZ and no one would care. But there is nothing because to there is nothing about the quality to distinguish Vinny's Jets tweets from those of any random Long Island schlub. But because you're a big leaguer, people are like into it. People are like, yeah, Vinny, let's get your Jets takes. Have you have you embraced your role as a as a Jets uh, media? This is you're on our side as a as a as a Jets commentator. Yeah. So to be honest, I do it just because I have a really good time with it. And I watch the game like I my Sundays revolve around what time the Jets play. And I think that's very relatable to football fans. Um, and I'm like, I don't try to act like anything I'm not. I'm just a normal person. Man loves ball. Who cares that I play in the major leagues? Um, I just want to watch football and have a good time on Sundays. So like 
I don't know. I just hang out. I tweet when I see things. And so far, people seem to be okay with it and don't find me super annoying. I mean, some people definitely do. Definitely do. They should just unfollow me and that's okay. Jordan, yesterday uh, at 4.05 p.m., Vinny Pasquantino tweeted, quote, didn't get the first down, period. Now we hope for a defensive TD or overtime. That's it. That's the tweet. This this motherfucker's out here just pretending like he's just the guy. He's just the guy tweeting his Jets complaints. Uh, I am just the guy. <laughs> he's the guy well, tweeting his Jets okay, complaints. Okay, maybe that's a good a good transition. Here's another one. This is oh my god, you're tweeting so much. This is from earlier. Quote: The Jets got a first down! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! People think Mike Trout's an Eagles fan. No, you got no idea. All right. Uh, I actually am going to end this interview here with well, one more question. Wait, Vinny, you. do you know, have we talked about my Jets fandom experience? Have we discussed this? No. Okay. So I grew up, my dad's from Long Island. I grew up a diehard Jets fan, like went to the training camp in Hofstra every year. My grandfather would bring me. I got to meet Curtis Martin when I was six, got the jersey. Every year for Hanukkah, I would get a new Jets jersey. I had the the New York Titans Navy and Gold Brett Favre number four, which is of a time on the cover of Madden that year. On the cover of Madden that year, exactly. And I was like locked in. I was emailing the team to like thank them for their hard work, which is the thing you do when you like sports as a kid. The butt fumble happened, and I have not watched a game since. Fans of many sports say, this team, I hate them. I'm never watching them again. And I did that. Since the butt fumble, I have not sat down and watched a Jets game start to finish. Have you thought that that might be the reason they haven't made the playoffs since that? That it's actually your fault? Because to be honest, it's pissing me off a little bit knowing that. (laughs) That when you watched, they made the playoffs two years in a row. And then the butt fumble happens. And then... Yeah, that's a pretty quick uh, jumping of ship there. Do you... But here's the Buffalo was another year removed, I believe. I believe it was another year after they didn't make the playoffs. Um, but it is like, do, do you as a fan have disdain for me that I abandoned ship, right? People take immense pride. Like, I'm sure there are Royals fans who sat through like 20 years of the team being bad and then 20, you know, 14 and 15 happened. And it's like, this is the best. I sat through this. And I'm sure there are also Royals fans who, didn't care for 20 years and hopped back on board. Do you, are you mad at me that I left it behind? Uh, I mean, like you have to make your own choices. What I would say is don't Thanks, come man. crawling back. Don't come crawling back. <laughs> don't crawl back when they figured this thing out. Cause that's just worst case scenario. Where do you guys, I'm going to flip this interview. Now I'm All asking right. questions as members of the distinguished major league baseball media. Um, where do you guys lay on or stand on, uh, fans saying we. Ooh. Mm. Oh my God. This is a gr- this is such a good question. I'm so glad you asked me this. Um, I think Jake and I are mostly on the same page about this. We are pretty staunch anti we people. I think I will slip into again. You know, Mariners fan. Like this is the other thing about it is that like we're not really. F- I mean, I guess Jake has you know soccer team, but like. I'm not a fan of other teams. Like the Mariners are the only sports team I care about whatsoever. And so like all of my energy goes into that, right? Relatively. But at the same time, certainly because I work in media, because like saying we as like 
man, we suck. Oh, we can't hit. We, oh, we can't, you know, play deep. I would, I would never say that. Right. Sometimes it'll be like, oh, we need like in the sense like, oh, like we need so, uh, a really another reliever. Like to me, there's some context where it's like we as the collective, like we are all in the experience of this team together and we want to have this on the team. Right now, I'm not it's not me. I had nothing to do with it, but there's some there's like a gray area there. But in general, I am anti we and you generally won't catch me slipping on that. But what, what I have you? come around on this. Mm-hmm. As I have dropped we to refer to the Orioles as I attempt to be more and more of a real journalist that reports things and writes things, I try to avoid weeing. <laughs> that being said, I think for fans, I've gotten more and more okay with it. Mm. Because for fans, the entire point of the of fandom is, is for people mm-hmm. to invest their emotion and yes. to and their money to care about a team. Right. And what is that franchise or organization trying to do in turn? Right. They are community. trying to yep. build a community where they right. get fans to think and feel and act as if they are a part of the team. Mm-hmm. And for instance, Vinny Pasquantino cares as much about the Jets or at least thinks he cares <laughs> as much about the Jets as people who work for the Jets. And that is because the Jets are trying actively to get people to believe that, okay? And so for that reason, over time, I have become more amenable to weeing. Mm-hmm. However, I understand that as if you're on a team or you work for a team and you hear someone say, man, we really suck today. And you're like, you don't play here. You don't work for us. Shut up. So I get Vinny, that too. Yes. But I have changed my stance. Yes. So I've always, I never had an opinion until I became a professional baseball player. My opinion is pro, is pro using we for fans. And I tell you why, because how long have you been a Mariners fan, Jordan? Uh, about 11 or 12 years. Okay. So let's say, let's, let's round to 10. 10 years. Yep. How many Mariners have been there for 10 years? <laughs> uh Kyle Seeger was and now he's gone. Felix was and now he's gone. Right. Yes. What I what I like my opinion on it is typically like nobody cares more about winning and losing every single day than me when I'm on the field, right? Mm-hmm. But there are people actively spending money coming to watch us play to try to win games. That makes me as a Kansas City Royal proud to be a Kansas City Royal for people wanting to come watch us play and be invested in how we play. They follow us. They want to win more than anybody. Like, typically, who wants to win more? Like, if you're a fan, you have no control over the game. You want to win so bad, even though you have no control. As a player, typically, you're more okay with losing, knowing you tried your best and gave your best effort. So it's like, I gave it my all. Like, I'm okay with losing. But as a fan, you're so invested your entire life. Like, So the reason I like the Jets is because of Vinny Testaverde, because we have the same name. That is literally the only reason I am a Jets fan. But from that day... When I decided that they were my team, I have followed the Jets. And people always tell me I should just be a Chiefs fan. I should just be a Chiefs fan. Like my employer shares a parking lot with the Chiefs. I might as well just be a Chiefs fan. You could track down Patrick Mahomes' phone number if you needed to. Patrick Mahomes follows me on Twitter, so I could just send him a yeah. DM 
if I really he's, needed to. He wouldn't answer. Like him following me on Twitter is great, but it, like it doesn't mean I can just get in contact with him, right? But like, yeah, okay, okay. Like what I'm saying is, and I know I've gotten long winded, but what I'm saying is by we, long. it's it's a community that the city creates, and I think it's great people using we because I want you to be invested in what we're doing. Like I want to be proud to wear the Royals on my chest mm-hmm. because you're watching us play, mm-hmm. excited when we win. That's why like. Everybody, no matter who you are nowadays playing baseball or any sport, you're going to get death threats or like people in your DMs like telling you you're a piece of shit, basically. And let me say this. I don't think that's cool at all. No, it's not cool. But like, oh, thanks for making that obvious. Just saying, man, as as long as like the way I look at it, as long as it's not because you lost a bet because I didn't get a hit or hit a home run or something like that, like. I get it because you're invested in winning and losing and you want me to play well so you can feel a sense of pride that your city is doing something awesome. So for me, like I didn't care and this is no offense, but like I didn't care nor know anything about Kansas city before I became a Kansas city Royal. And now I freaking love the place. Like I love the people there, but I would have never had a relationship with the people there. And for me, that makes the people who are Royals fans just as much of just as much a part of the team as the players on the team. That's a good take. See, this is what I was kind of, trying to get at yeah and when I, you said it i was like that's exactly how i feel about it yeah i am vehemently anti broadcasters saying we well yeah it's probably like yeah that i don't like that's not like a team specific thing for any team but like saying we that gets me mad not that you ever would listen to a baseball broadcast <laughs> it happens way more than you think though okay i will oh they are always on here's another last point for you, like baseball is your life, yeah, but it is your day-to-day. It is your job, right? You have other things in your life that make up the fulfillment of waking up in the morning. There are many fans for whom the fulfillment slice is the sports team. And that's not to say they care more or less, but they care. There are sports fans who care more about winning and losing, for better or worse, than people on some of these teams. It's just a fact. And I don't know if that's healthy. Probably not. But like, I bet that there are Jets who care less than you. I I bet there are. The movie Fever Pitch, right? I think that's the movie. Yeah. Where they're all at the bar. And then the Red Sox are eating. And they're just like chilling, having a dinner. And the fans are all mad because they're down 3-0 or something. And they're like, well, this is just their job. Why would they care? But it's like you can't. You can't let it consume every single waking moment of your day or else you're just going to have a bad time. Right? There's plenty of stories yeah. like I had on myself of guys that are alone in the big leagues and they're miserable. Like you you have everything you want, but you're miserable because you don't know how to get away from it for a little bit. Yeah. The, this is These are wise words from someone with less than 300 plate appearances. What do you know about being in the big leagues, Vinny Pasquantino? You're exactly is- right. You're exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, many much more wisdom to be uh, to be gained over the in the coming years. Uh, Vinny, my last question for you, and then we're going to let you go and end this interview. I am, I am telling you very clearly that I am ending this interview. I have another quick question as well. All right, Jay, Jake has a next question. Chris, you got uh, any questions? Chris uh, is the producer uh, on the show. Chris, Chris, producer Chris, if he has any questions, he can he can uh, chime I in. I want an exhaustive list of uh, of questions, actually. I've got about <laughs> yeah, don't uh, worry. 15, Vinny, if, if that's you, all right. If you don't want this interview to end, Chris can keep it going. <laughs> don't, you, don't, you, don't you worry. Uh, my last question for you is that the Royals have hired a new manager. It is Matt Quattraro. He's also an Old Dominion alum. Are you guys going to be like making inside jokes about random buildings on campus and that other people are going to be looking at you like 
these fucking guys, man. Oh my god, these these monarch nerds over here in the corner. Is that the plan? Have, have you talked to Matt yet? Uh, yeah, we've uh, spoken on the phone. I met him a few years ago at Old Dominion at a banquet that he spoke at. Him and Ryan Yarborough both spoke at the same banquet. Um, Ryan Yarborough also uh, has also struck me out two times in my career. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, I brought him up and now I'm getting mad. Uh, but <laughs> Ryan Yarborough, just like Justin Verlander. Yes, very similar. Um, yeah, I, we're probably going to come up with something. Let everybody know that the Monarchs are reigning in the major leagues, especially <laughs> for the Kansas City. I mean, Royals, Monarchs, it, yeah, it's everything perfect. is coming together very it's nicely. Perfect. Vinny and, and Quattraro walk into a hotel uh, hotel lobby. Man, this is just like Whitehurst Hall. Am I right? <laughs> Did you just look up buildings? Of course he did. Of that course is where I did. lived. That is where I lived my freshman year was in Whitehurst. Of course. Oh, dude. my God. You just doxed freshman year Vinny for the time travelers. That's awkward. I'm just um, a good reporter. <laughs> uh, Jake, what's your last question? And then we will say goodbye to Vinny Pasquantino. Vinny, who got the win in the Super Bowl? I mean, the, the, I'll, I'll play politics here. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, are going to win the Super Bowl. I think they're going to play the Jets in the AFC Championship and you know, may the best team win. Out of boy, out of boy, way to be. Never oh, mind. let me ask you this. Here, okay. So Joe Namath guaranteeing the Super Bowl is the best moment in Jets history, which is really sad for us. But I don't know if I could say us. Uh, now that you're a professional athlete, do you have a better appreciation for Namath guaranteeing the Super Bowl? Because like, if I asked you who would win the 2023 World Series, you would be skittish. To answer that question, do you like appreciate the guarantee a little bit more? Um, I guess I appreciate it, but it's a PR disaster. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much don't do this 101. <laughs> um, simply say we're we're focused on playing a good game <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Did you guys hear that? That was my house. There's a quarry next to my house, mm. and every day at four o'clock central time. They blow up dynamite and my entire house shakes. I don't know if you guys got that or not, but my house almost. Was- uh, I don't think I heard it, but maybe Chris will hear it on the playback. And even if, whether we hear it or not, that was incredible scene setting. I love the description that your house is is being bombarded by by dynamite. <laughs> Um, and, Hit, uh, Vinny Pasquantino's long bombs. Square foot house, an eight hundred square foot house. Um, that the yard is bigger. I can actually show you my yard. It's unbelievable. My fiance is playing golf with my dog right now. Um, <laughs> She's waving. We've got the wow. Christmas lights out and everything. Are you showing us that your yard is bigger than your house? Way bigger. <laughs> Man, Jordan, look at this. Look at this pre-arb man's house. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The pre-arb energy is overwhelming. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino, enjoy your offseason. Good luck in Taiwan. Good luck in the world baseball classic good luck to your goofy jets i will i listen now i know more about the Jets because of your twitter than more than i could ever hope to know wait till the super bowl when i start tweeting about the commercials again perfect looking forward to it thank you so much for joining us on this uh on the special edition special guest edition of baseball overcast thank you guys hope this didn't go too long Sirius XM Podcasts. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. 
Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.